Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of the Network.com. Now, I thought this was going to be an easy show, um, but the NBA had different plans for us on this fine Sunday. So I'm excited to get going and get to talking with you all. What's up to the Facebook panel out there? If you guys want to come talk with us and send some comments our way, we'll, we'll display them as long as they aren't offensive. Um, I am Tim Daniel. Always as excited to be with our crew, starting with my good pal, a week away from his birthday, Mr. Sean Mackey. Thank you, Tim, for that marvelous introduction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was Ghostbusters week. How did you enjoy Ghostbusters week? I know we already you talked know about what? off the air, but guys, if you are fr- if you are a fan of the Ghostbusters franchise, and as you can tell from behind me, got a Ghostbusters poster on my uh, on my wall back there. Um, it's my favorite movie. I've been waiting for this movie for 32 years. It is considerably better than the 2016 uh, reboot that we won't talk about anymore. Um, it is a lot of fun. Not that I didn't like all the people involved in the 2016 reboot. I think those were some really talented people, but just not a not a good script or good movie. But it is a lot of fun. Although one of my friends, who shall rename <laughs> nameless, has been texting me on and off throughout the whole day about how much he doesn't really like the movie and he's been really tearing apart the script. <laughs> Can we just enjoy things for what they are anymore? That's what I'm trying to do, man. I'm just happy it happened. You know, sometimes it's like I wasn't expecting anything and I got something. Perfect. Awesome. I know what you mean. <laughs> and uh, you're joining us as well. Um, I have to do the intro this week because Ben is not with us. He is uh, being Clark Griswold with his family tonight and putting up his holiday decor. Ben like loves Christmas more than anyone I've ever met, by the way. like He's the guy that still goes out on Black Friday. Like and ben, loves and I have, ben and I have shared many Black Fridays together. Yeah, he used to like, come bring me food <laughs> when I was working retail at the mall. It was very nice. So I get to do the introduction this week, and I will never, ever try to insult Ben by trying to do it as well as he does. But my man, my brother, my ace buku, Joshua Odellis, <laughs> doesn't sound right coming out of my mouth at all, overzealous, <laughs> Montellus, Hayes. Man, what's going on, fellas? Always was, good to be here talking really basketball. It, it, um, it, it could use a little work. Yeah, definitely. Know. Workshop it, yeah. But ben, Ben's been Ben's been doing it his whole life. It's it's just like you know mm-hmm. Michael Buffer or mm-hmm. you know who else you want to he he he's got it down. So they had Michael Buffer today at the Bengals Raiders game. Did they? Yeah. Try to get the Las Vegas home crowd hyped up for. A I was um, I was I was in Vegas this past week uh, for you a were. work conference. And, yeah, how was uh, it? I very much contemplated trying to stay to go to that game. Yeah. Until I saw how much the tickets were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My cousin and his wife went, and they told me how much they spent, and I went, on a game? <laughs> yeah. Vegas was, Vegas was cool. It was a lot of work. Um, you know, we, we stayed inside the hotel and uh, didn't really venture out much. They made sure that it was worth it for us. Um, That's awesome, man. I've yet to go. I still really want to visit. Don't stay at the MGM Grand. <laughs> Good to know. So, guys, I really thought we were just going to come on here and talk about how awesome the Warriors have been and how it's been so fun to see them again and keep up with Steph Curry's pace for the record. And then the NBA, as always, had different plans. And let's go ahead and start first with um, what looked like it was on the verge of being in Malice at the Palace 2. Thank God it wasn't. Ben Wallace was courtside, by the way, during this. So that like was just like... You know, um, so the Lakers do win tonight in Los Angeles with a comeback win. They win 122 to 119. And their abysmal defense is actually, for once, not the story here. Um, I was really looking forward to having an episode where we didn't talk about the Lakers. I was so excited to not have to talk about them. 
And then, of course, we could we could we could still not talk about him, but I I know you want to deep down inside. Tim. And then, of course, LeBron James and Isaiah Seward get into it after LeBron James scores ten points to keep a streak alive. There is a play at the as they're battling for a rebound on a free throw where Mr. James tries to get his arm loose and elbows the shit out of Isaiah Stewart's eye. Maybe accidental, still a terrible thing. I'm not here to say either way, uh, but it leads to Isaiah Stewart going crazy, rightfully so. I think if I saw my own blood from a, an action from another man, I'd probably do the same thing. Um, and starts chasing after LeBron. You see DeAndre Jordan understanding his role now in life as, as in the NBA. Just got to keep try to keep everyone at peace. Uh, Russell Westbrook's being held back by some people. Um, it's just a whole odd, oddly scenario. Um, Isaiah Stewart is literally being carried back to the locker room. And as they're getting back there on the broadcast, they're like, well, Little Caesars Arena has one of those like tunnels, like um, Staples or Crypto, whatever it is now, the Crypt, as they call it now, as where like you can run through one direction and come out the other. So I guess they told the Lakers bench to keep an eye on the other tunnel to make sure he doesn't run out from there. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> what was this Pac-Man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that was fantastic. Great. That was fantastic. Um, so yeah, obviously shit goes down. Um, you can suspect that this was just the second time in LeBron's career. He's been ejected. Kind of impressive. Um, so he was he was ejected with a flagrant two. Yes. So and it not was the, very it impressive. Was just, not an impressive flagrant two, but he he has been ejected. So now does that come with the suspension? I think flagrant two does automatically come with the suspension. Like you okay. miss the next game, right? Hopefully, it's just the next game and not the one after that. No personal vendetta, and it's not like I'm going to that game or anything. You know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I think it's one, I think it is one game. Um, cause I think that's what Draymond had in the finals. No, his was flaker points. No, his was, yeah. His was, uh, he, yeah. But still, um, you know, I'm not one for like wanting fights at all in the NBA. I think we're like well past that. Like this isn't the UFC thing, right? Like, but this was just kind of like a very surprising thing to happen. Um, We've seen, you know, squeam squirms on the, like the on the court. Uh, we really haven't seen a legitimate fight like a fist thrown maybe since like has it been since the Chris Paul Ingram thing? Yeah, Jokic Jokic got pretty close. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, oh, there was Cat and uh, Cat and Embiid, but they were like rolling around basically. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't. But yeah, that other than that, wasn't. man. <laughs> yeah, so. Curious now, if you guys have any thoughts on this, what you guys think about it. The only thing I was going to say is that obviously I think what, what happened should have happened, but I think I've been a lot of pissed people because of who it was. If he only got like a flagrant one mm. or, you know, didn't get, susp- yeah. didn't get kicked out of the game. Um, I think, I think that the refs did what they needed to do. Um, obviously Stewart was, was, Super pissed off. He probably thought it was done on purpose. After watching the video, it didn't seem like it was intentional. It really looked like he was trying to, you know, get himself in position, and that just that just happened. But that was a nasty elbow, man. Yeah, it was nasty. It was. And he caught him in the mouth. I think it caught him in the mouth and the eye. Like he was bleeding from both spots somehow. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think uh, our friend Claire James, who's been on the show a couple of times, you can check her on Twitter at Calamity James. Big Hornets Hornets fan. Uh, she said, and one of the tweets that she had that actually made me laugh pretty bad was, um, there are a bunch of NBA dudes and I, that you just don't want to F with. And I think Isaiah Stewart just jumped to the top of that list. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron did not look like he wanted any of that as he was getting held back and he was not trying to go forward. Buddy, he's got a billion dollars. He doesn't need to fight anybody. No. Nah. somebody said somebody said westbrook looked like he was squaring up and he looked like the uh mascot for the fighting irish (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic oh that's that's good that's good as a notre dame fan i appreciate that one uh but yeah i think it was just kind of a crazy thing i feel like here we had to touch on it since it happened you know literally an hour before we went live is this what the Lakers needed, man, to put a spark underneath them to win some basketball games? Because they were getting mollywopped at some at the point in that game, and all of a sudden they come back and win. 
they still gave up 119 points to the Pistons. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I'm, I, you know, I, it's not an understatement. I'm not a big fan of, of what the Lakers have been doing this season. Um, it hasn't been working and they've traded off all these key pieces to their team to Washington and Washington's thriving right now. Um, it wasn't worth it guys. Wasn't worth it. No, who was a uh, KCP was in a post a post game scrum the other day and they were like, cheers your thoughts on, you know, the team you tr- that traded you is really struggling. The team you're on is doing well. And he basically said like, the trade didn't really mean anything to me. I'm happy where I'm at and we're playing, we're playing all right here. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. that's how yeah. you should feel. I mean, yeah, yeah that team's Absolutely. been tremendous. They're I mean, obviously top the East. It's um, funny you mentioned that, Sean, because when we talk about our bench guys here in a little while, I have a piece to add to that. There we go. Perfect. So before we get to that, let's get to um, the revolving door that's called head coach of the Sacramento Kings. As Ooh. once again, another coach is fired. <laughs> and I understand, you know, Luke Walton has been terminated from his role at the Kings. Uh, they have been now um, they've lost seven straight games going into his termination. And the thing about this is, I don't know, like, I don't necessarily think Luke Walton's a very good NBA coach. I think we've kind of just discussed this over the years of, you know, while we've been doing the shows and things like that. But if the Sacramento Kings think Luke Walton is their problem and not, we drafted 14 point guards and uh, we paid Harrison Barnes a ton of money. And when he had trade value, we didn't move him. And uh, we got lucky with Sean Holmes signing him, but we then later on drafted Tyrus Halliburton the next year, drafted Davion Mitchell and had De'Aaron Fox. And uh, we, you know, the Buddy Heald trade was taken out from us. It's not our fault, but we still could have found value for Buddy Heald somewhere. They didn't do any of that. They're a terrible, like we, we're not telling anyone and some of they don't know. We say that the, that the Kings are a shithole franchise, but at the same point, I don't think Luke Walton's shit a very good franchise. coach. Yeah, shithole franchise. But obviously Luke Walton's not a good coach either, but just kind of – he. W- I don't think he was necessarily the full issue here by any means. Well, see, I, I disagree with that because if, if Luke Walton is substituting for Steve Kerr as a coach on the Warriors, uh, he's pretty good. <laughs> True. Huh. That is a good point, Sean. So is Mike Brown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I just think the Kings are just kind of, we know they're a disaster. So I, I don't really know how I necessarily feel about all of this here, but I feel like it was definitely kind of long overdue that they moved on. Uh, well, how do you, but- how do you feel about Gentry being the interim coach? Um, you know, he had a. He'll be he fired the, into. Don't worry about it. You, I'm saying he was the guy. He was the guy in New Orleans, right? That got their one and only playoff series win when he had Anthony Davis, if I'm not correct. You're correct. And then the front office blew that up. So, um, you, do you think that that he's a, a type of guy that can hold on to that job and be the, you know, secure it as being the head coach for the rest of the season and then like moving forward, or do you think they'll look somewhere else? I think if you're an NBA coach, you want to avoid the Kings like all co- at all costs. I understand there's only 30 of those jobs, but when's the last time that job was like exciting, like Rick Adelman? Imagine the guy that goes in there and turns that around. I get that. Who, whoever it's going to be. But are you going to be allowed to? I mean, Dave Yeager literally had them so close to the playoffs the year he got fired. I told you, man, they have not been right since Robert Ory hit the shot. No, that like ruined it all. <laughs> I'm serious. It, it has not been right. They have not been right since. So whenever that was, 02, 03, um, somewhere around there. Yeah. They have not been right since. They got rid of those uh, awesome J. Will era jerseys, the black ones, you know, and like since then, since then, just a mockery of a franchise. I think that uh, one of the things with the Kings over the last couple years 
mainly is is just complete mismanagement on on anything. I mean, you th- you look back just like the last like ten years and like Boogie Cousins in his prime and like how they squandered that so poorly and they're just like you said they're just they're just not a good franchise there's nothing that they're really going to do unless they get new management in there that's going to go in clean house and and make some moves and it's like you look at someone like De'Aaron Fox or Buddy Heald and they're just trapped there right now they're just completely trapped and it's like and it's not like those guys are going to end their careers in in Sacramento it's just it's not going to happen um when it comes to Alvin Gentry, he's going to get a little bit of a pay bump uh, to take over this team. He's going to ride it out. If he actually does help them go in the right direction, go him. That's cool. Otherwise, I don't see them paying somebody else. They're also kind of a cheap team. So, um, you know, I think he's probably going to be there. Well, you know, the crazy thing, too, is um, the oldest guy on their team is Tristan Thompson, and he's 30. And I know he's Tristan been- Thompson's. What's that? He's bitching in press conferences about how oh, much yeah. he's there. Definitely. I mean, they they have as much talent as you could possibly think of. If you look at how they've drafted over the last few years and you look at what they've held on to, like just De'Aaron Fox and Halliburton alone, like they're talented. Like they have mm-hmm. – Harrison Barnes is a good wing. You know, Rashawn Holmes just showed like when he starts, like, you know, he's, he's a double-double guy. Like they – but he'll – who's the guy they probably could have got something for had they did a sign of tra- like they have pieces to make themselves good. And like, are they just going to keep tanking to get these lottery picks? Or are they, are they just, what are you doing with them? Are they trying to be like how Boston was? We're like, we got all these picks and then we draft all these players and then we just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. I don't know. Cause I mean, I do like Davion Mitchell and I really like Tyrese Halliburton, but you know, the three guard lineup doesn't work here like it does for like how Billy Donovan used it at OKC when he gets Schroeder, Paul, and Shea. Um, it's not the same. You know, it just does not work that way today that it should. Um, and I I think De'Aaron Fox is better off playing somewhere else. I think, like Sean said, like we, we obviously are aware that he's not going to end his career there. Um, thank God for him. But yeah, man, it's just it's just too much of a mess, and it just keeps happening over and over again with this team. I mean, how long has it been now? Two thousand three since they've been to the playoffs. Around I think there, so. it's way too long. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And you know, it's like if like if you Tyreek Evans was awesome there too, and they messed that up. And well, if you've been out of the playoffs for let's say it's been over six years at that point, you need to make a change or, or do something drastic because you're not getting the job done. And I don't mm-hmm. think anyone, you know, it's part of the Sacramento has great fans. They do have a great fan base there um, in the, you know, the early two thousands when they were, you know, having those head on held matchups with the Lakers with, you know, Vladi and, and, and Peja and, and, and Brad Miller and all those great guys that were Chris Weber, obviously. Um, they were so fun to watch. And it's like, ever since then, like you said, the <laughs> Robert Ory shot, it's, it's, that's pretty much it, man. They've, uh, they've basically kind of ceased to exist and, and they've just squandered any talent. They've wasted talent. Kevin, uh, what was his name? Uh, Kevin Martin was one. He was another player that was on there for a oh, long yeah, time, you know, who uh, they used up his entire great career. And then he ends up getting traded and he was never as good as he was. It, that's what always happens with that team. They, they use up a player's greatness and then they leave and, and they're not great anymore. I don't know what happens. Do you remember that Ron Artest played for the Kings for a hot minute? Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Honestly. Um, so that's enough Kings talk. I'm done. I'm done with that. You know, they don't deserve any more talk than that. Um, Alvin sure. Gentry, hope the best. Know the worst is coming. That's that's the saying here. So let's go ahead and get into our fantastic segment called our Bench Mob Bench Gods, where we give you the highlight of the better bench players you should keep an eye on the NBA and their successes of the last week. And I think um, I'll go ahead and I'll knock this one out first if it's cool with you guys. And I'm going to go down to... A guy I really didn't think I would really be giving a ton of credit for this season. 
Let me find it here real quick. And I hope this isn't the guy that I'm going to have, but continue. <laughs> no, no, it, don't worry. It's not. I'm actually going to do it with my good pal, friend of the program, been on the show here a couple times. For the defending NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks, my guy, Pat Connaughton. Coming off the bench right now, 11.4 a game, 5 rebounds, 1.6 assists. Has found comfort in a role in Milwaukee. Is obviously very loved there by their fan base. Most of them, I'm pretty sure. Um, part of the NBA champion, defending NBA champs, got his ring. And I'm so happy that he has found a niche in the NBA. Um, for me talking to him my old, on my first podcast I did for the, for ba- uh, covering basketball, his rookie year in Portland, it's where he is now has been tremendous to see. So, Patty C24, congrats, man. You're the bench god in my eyes this week. Very nice. Always good. Uh, that wasn't yours, was it? No, but it was very close. Very, <laughs> very close, actually, because my, my bench god is also from the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> and I'm going with someone that I absolutely hate. So and I'm going to go ahead and say it. And he's been he's been filling in for, for Chris Middleton lately. Grayson Allen, man. Jesus. Buckets. Just just buckets. He's averaging 15.1 points a game, four rebounds and one assist this last week. He had a great week against Atlanta. They ended up losing. He had 18 points against Boston last week. Another losing effort, 21 points. Uh, on Friday, he had 11 against the OKC Thunder. And then on uh, uh, last night, he had 16 points and seven rebounds. Um, so he's been killing it over in Milwaukee, uh, filling in. So technically not a bench god, but really is a bench god right now because he's got to fill in. So kind of breaking some rules on that one. But uh, good job from Grace now and, and Pat, man. They're just, uh, they got to they gotta fill in right now. Grayson Allen has forgot how to trip people, and it's been wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I like it. All right, Josh, nice. who we got? Who we got? Um, my guy is a guy that the Lakers could have kept on their roster, which is now one of the <laughs> second players that I've used that is that is uh, <laughs> left the Lakers this season. Uh, one Josh via trade, type. one via free agency that he could have signed back and didn't. And I'm going with Dennis Schroeder. Um, who has actually played off the bench so well that they have inserted him into the starting lineup. And uh, his last, his last six games, he has put up 38, 28, 14, 15, 21 and 29. And that 21 was actually against the Lakers where he was plus 22 on the floor. Um, He's averaging 17 points a game almost 18 points a game, shooting 46% from the field. So I know it started off a little rough. Uh, we were laughing at him about the contract because he wanted all this money and he didn't get it. Um, but it feel like as much as Boston's been in disarray and they've been a complete shell of themselves and they're about ready to implode, he's been a, a, a somewhat of a bright spot, you know, to settle in and kind of come off the bench and handle that point guard responsibility and like I said, um, they've even put him in the starting lineup a couple times, and he's he's played well as well. So that's who I'm going with. It's a good one, man. Yeah, I think that he's been done so well for him for Jalen Brown. Um, that might be, you know, if that's a guy, that's a group that wants to improve their team. You know, they won again last night against OKC, where he had another 29, four and six. Um, you know, the, the Celtics are a team that's going to try to improve their roster. That's probably their best bet in seeing if they can get something for him because I don't think it's going to be Marcus Smart that gets moved. Um, I think I don't think there's really anything you can get for him at this point. And, I th- you know, that's really going to be kind of like their best option. I don't know what the value he has is, but uh, probably the only guy they can really look at as far as if they want to try to improve their roster. So I appreciate the bench gods this week, my friends. So thank you for that. Um, Man, we're moving pretty quick through here. So this is probably where we'll kind of get a little of a lengthy discussion here. Um, I really kind of want to talk a little bit, obviously, about the Warriors because, one, they're back. Two, it's so fun to watch again. Um, but kind of ref- like going back through last week, uh, obviously, they kind of ha- they had the win of the week. They went into Brooklyn, and they handed it to them. Like, they and did. they were awesome. Steph Curry was getting MVP chance. In Barclays, that was pretty awesome. Um, 
and you know we've gone through this all season and i love talking about them they're fun to talk about obviously what they're doing is incredible um but just getting more and more guys gary payton jr the second has been really good um obviously like we talked about um you know damian lee who ben has the bench got a couple weeks ago and um andrew wiggins who is playing the best basketball of his career and we're finally seeing what he could look like as a great as a really good player i don't necessarily think he's an all-star but he's had moments where you know it's curry's out like curry didn't play the other night and he was awesome he was really good yeah, and I want to add on to that. Um, I know we talked about this in the text a little bit, but you, I know it's Detroit, but I know Golden State went into Detroit without Curry, and then I just realized that Draymond Green didn't play either, and they won that game yeah. as well, which says a lot about the supporting cast that they have at the moment. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, just the way that the, – what they're putting together, um, how everything's kind of clicking, it's like that the – the foundation never crumbled. They had down years, obviously. Um, you know, there's a year Curry only plays five games. Clay's already out at that point. Durant's left. Um, you know, they're kind of leaning on D'Angelo Russell, and they trade in the middle of the season because they're like, okay, this isn't going to work. They did it the right way. And then we get to um, last year. I mean, you know, it was kind of Curry had to go off for them to be successful, and he gets him to the play-in. I mean, it takes a crazy LeBron shot for the Lakers to make the playoffs over them. And so what you're seeing now, I mean, to put in context, they're currently playing a Raptors team who's played fairly well this year uh, at the time of our recording. And I just had it up. They are up right now, 41 to 29 in the second quarter. And Andrew Wiggins has 14 points. Jordan Poole has 10 points. Curry only has six. And only and one of those is a three. So you're seeing this team really just kind of bring it all together. Um, I really didn't love when they drafted Jonathan Kuminga, but the way they use him makes perfect sense. Um, just kind of as a guy to kind of go in there and be like a defensive spark and cut off, cut off the, uh, cut off the ball and get to the rim. And I know this is talked about by every podcast, so I'm sure NBA fans who listen to this are probably sick of hearing about it, but that telekinesis that Le- that Steph Curry and Draymond Green have is kind of insane at this point. I understand they've played together for like a decade, but the fact they know where each other are at every moment in the game on offensive sets is kind of unbelievable to watch still. Yeah, both of those guys, they're they're connected at the brain, man. They that are. that team that team is those guys um they're never going to have chemistry with anyone better than themselves ever again. I mean, they are, they are wonderful. Um, I think it's been great to see, you know, you brought up Andrew Wiggins this year um, and how great he's been. Um, and he's kind of coming into that, that all comes back to, to Steph Curry and this team and Steve Kerr's coaching. And they're just having a good year again, man. And they're making use of so many deep players that, you know, uh, probably wouldn't get that much action anyplace else. I mean, Gary Payton, the second is just been throwing down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I see him on a highlight reel every night now having a, having a huge dunk and uh, already, would you say he's maybe like top 25 defender right now? Oh man, his defense is insane. Yeah. I'm I, I, I'd put him in there. Okay. I mean, he's no Alex Crusoe, but I mean, he's he's no. a, he's a defender. No, I mean, <laughs> it's so funny that we're saying that he's no Alex Caruso. <laughs> Here we are, man. 2021's weird. <laughs> it's weird, but I think I think he has like some. I mean, <laughs> when your dad's the glove, man, <laughs> like, and you come in and you're already an elite defender. And you're throwing down like uh, the sky's the limit for that guy. I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy to see him in the league and, and doing what he's doing. Um, they're going to be scary in four weeks. They're going to be downright scary in four weeks. Am I yeah. Right? Yeah. Which brings me to the conversation that came up today that Clay Thompson has been doing scrimmages and drills is now clear for five on five still with the anticipation that he'll be back for Christmas day and the best team of the NBA is about to get better. 
and that's so frightening because yeah. we've kind of talked about this. I don't think this. a lot of people – go ahead, go ahead Jim. Sorry. Oh, no, I, I was just going to no say, I don't think people realize – I don't think people realize that how, how seamless Clay is going to fit, and they're going to be like, oh, well, he just came off these two injuries. He's a, he's a, he's a catch-and-shoot guy where he's probably going to – you know, he's been tested. He's going to be able to get to his spots, and he's going to get his shot off. So it's only going to take him a little bit of time to get into rhythm. And once he does, and now you just add this other shooter to the floor that they've already kind of created a monster in Jordan Poole. Um, mm-hmm. Wiggins can shoot the three. Iggy can shoot the three. Lee can shoot the three. Poole can shoot the three. Then you got Curry and Clay, and it's like pick your poison. Like we're just going to snipe you again like we did in 2015 and 2016. I think you can make the case they're deeper now than they were those title teams. Ooh, it might be. I mean, you kind of think about those benches, and this isn't a knock on those benches by any means, but they're leaning on like Sean Livingston and Mo Spates, who are good players. I'm um, not, you know, trying to be disrespectful to them by any means. L- Livingston was a great bench player for them. I, yeah, I'll go for ahead sure. And say that he really was. He played. Yeah. he played his role to the T. Yes, perfectly. But like now you're like, okay, that team was like eight and nine deep, but their eight nine deep was better than everybody. This team has like eleven guys that can play. Like yeah. that's that's counting Clay and Wiseman. Um so like you know, like there's a very po- strong possibility they could be deeper than those teams. Um, you know, Phoenix is right on their tails. And if we are lucky enough that those two teams keep doing what they're doing, and that is our Western Conference finals this year, whew, that's going to be a blast. And I'm all for that, man. I'm all for I'm all for uh, uh, Warriors and Suns and getting some of these old head teams out, man. I know, I know, Tim. You want to see LeBron in another NBA Finals at some point, but man, I, I've accepted it's not going to happen again. Uh, oh, yeah, I've I've moved on with my life. I understand that he his <laughs> his his title window is over because he's going to go down the ship with Russell Westbrook. Okay, we'll see at the end of the season. I don't necessarily believe that. I don't necessarily believe that, but uh, I feel like just the best the, the brand of basketball that the Warriors play is it's it's the most entertaining basketball. And yes. same thing with the Suns. Suns are the same way. They're also very very entertaining. So if we're lucky enough to get that this year, I'm all for it, man. Um, I would like to see LeBron and Steph going at each other again in the playoffs this year. I think that would be very, very fun as well. I think there's just so many things that could happen that could be great, but um, the Warriors are – the Warriors, they're the best team in basketball right now. They're the most fun. Steph's the – I think he's the best player in the league again uh, doing what he's doing. He's just he's just phenomenal. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're doing and getting Clay back, man. It – I'm so looking forward to seeing this guy on the floor Me again. Me too, man. Me too. I mean, it has been what will it have been almost 3 years? Uh it is it is, he's been out two full I mean, it's June of 19 Was it 19? Yeah. So it's, it's a little late. over 2 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, two and a half years. I mean, it's it's crazy to think that I remember watching that last game and like I remember thinking to myself this was the, the this is probably the end of the Warriors right here. Like that's how I feel, and I feel like they have a window with him coming back, and if everybody stays healthy, to be that team again. And what a phenomenal story for this squad. You know, yeah. it really sucks to that because that that was a cool finals to watch. It was cool to watch Kawhi bring Toronto to the promised land, and it just really sucks because you know the what if, and you're like. KD goes down in the in game one. No, or, he was gone uh, way before. He was out before that, but he came back and played a half in game five. Yeah, he played. Yeah, uh, and then Clay goes down in in game six, and you, and at that point you're just like, there's 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 no or you can't like it's just not going to happen. Or it was game five? I'm sorry. Yeah, because um, game six Clay would would have probably dropped sixty. Yeah, game six Clay would would have would have been himself, but. You just hate to see that much of a team go down in a series to be like, okay, like you're defeated at this point. Like there's nothing you could, there's nothing Steph could have done at that point. I didn't care how well he played. Like 
Toronto was just too much at full strength for that to happen. And I get injuries are part of the game, but like when you have already got there and you, and you probably do have the two best teams playing at that point, like you want to see them at full strength, go at each other. And it just, it, it wasn't what it was. So. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that. And I really like the point you made, Josh, as far as um, I, you know, you, you made the point of like, well, the way he plays as a catch and shoot guy, it's probably going to take him a little bit to get his legs underneath him. And I do agree that it's going to take a little bit to get his legs underneath him, but I don't think it's going to be like, he talks like he's like, it's going to take me a while. And game mm-hmm. speed definitely is something that you can't simulate. And I totally respect that. I'm like um, game three. <laughs> yeah. I'm like maybe the middle of the first month he's back. Like maybe he'll get in the three point contest just to find his rhythm. If it's still struggling at that point, because there's yeah, no way someone's sweet. knocking a lot of men. You know what I mean? Like, um, that'd be sweet. That would be sweet. It'd be fun. I think Jordan Poole is the next warrior to get in because Curry and Clay have each won three point shooting contests. So Jordan Poole's got to enter now. The cool thing also, is those guys would still do it. Yeah, they would. It'd be a blast. Um, I do laugh at, I, I was listening to Rosillo recently and they were talking about the Warriors and like, uh, he was talking about how people are like, can you believe that Andre Iguodala can still do these things? It's like, he's like, well, he's only 37. I mean, he's still, you know, in his, in his athletic prime for his life. And like, and uh, he's also six, eight, so he can still dunk. So like, no, no one's shocked by that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Um, so yeah, man, I just wanted to make sure, cause I think we're going to be talking about the warriors, obviously a lot and um, everything's fun with them. So life is, and I just want to the- let everybody know that Ben picked them to win the championship. He did. He did. He did. He did. And by the way, I want to talk about something with the with the old Brooklyn Nets real fast before we move on. I'm going to make mention of the fact that when they've played the upper echelon of the teams in the NBA so far, they've struggled. They've struggled. Couldn't go to Chicago and win. Couldn't beat the Warriors. It's true. Yeah. This Bulls-Warriors final is going to be legit, guys. <laughs> Don't think that I won't figure out a way to get tickets, Tim. I mean, if we're in the United Center for a finals game. Oh, my God. (laughs) Grown man tears, Josh. Grown (laughs) man tears. Did you guys see Edwards? We could spend a couple minutes and tell everybody how fun it is to watch the Bulls play right now, too. I think we would lose all of our listeners, but I'm always going to be happy to talk about how well the Bulls are playing. I was I was going to compliment your shirt today, Josh. You got a you got a hell of a shirt on today. Tim, my my '96 Finals. Uh, Very nice. My my, uh, my uh, yes. My '96 Finals shirt is in the back of my closet. It would fit a ten year old, um, <laughs> and it's got the bull holding up. Four fingers, and it says six fingers. Fingers left. <laughs> I had a store in Gatlinburg the day after they won. I had to give Sean my um. It couldn't fit me anymore. I had the dress for success uh crew neck sweatshirt that had the six yes. title trophies on it, and literally like I would put it on, and it wouldn't go past my shoulders. So I was like, "Hey, does this fit you? Okay, you can have it." And That's it'll- the. That's the only men's size large that's ever ever fit me right. I don't know if I've gotten larger or it's missed. It, I don't know if the size is wrong on it or what, but it fits me very nicely. Well, I'm glad you get to enjoy it, and I didn't. <laughs> um, you, yeah, man, the Nuggets win the other night was awesome. I mean, took care of business, did their thing, um, well, got close a couple times, but they played great. Helps when Jokic is out. Yeah, that does help. <laughs> and they'll Michael Porter. Uh, yep. but it's still a good ball club. We'll take it. We'll take it. I think any NBA team can come out and ball anytime. You know, it's, the Bulls are balling right now without Vooch, you know? Yeah. So it's, um, you know, they're starting and they don't have Patrick Williams right now. So it's, right. you know, they're, they're being able, they're having to gut out wins. So uh, anytime you can beat a good team, even if their star player's gone, big win. Take it. Take, take it. it. Yeah. Derek Jones yeah. Jr. has been terrific. He's been so yes, fun. Yes, yes. Yes, he has. Hey, in, in the small amount of time that we have talked, been talking, Jordan Poole is now up to 15 points that fast. <laughs> he's he's splash, he's the Splash Brothers' little brother. You know what I mean? <laughs> Did you see um, Seth Curry was asked about the three-point contest? I, I just kind of pointed this out earlier. And he said, I need to put one on my mantle so I can stay in the family. 
Wow. Because Steph and Dell each have one. Hmm. Very <laughs> yeah, nice. I thought that was pretty funny. Now, has, um, he, has he been in any? I think he's been in them, but I don't. He hasn't won one. I think he's got a legit shot to win one. Dude, we should go to Cleveland this year. My wife's family's up there. We can go to the All Star Weekend. I'm down. Like we can stay with them. Yeah. Um, I would love it. You know, LeBron's gonna make it because it's in Cleveland. He's, he'll probably still be the leading vote getter if he, if he plays like 19 games. Him and so. Yao Ming, they'll be on a team together. So I mean. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually uh, I'm I'm putting together an article right now. So this, this is kind of fitting with the two things uh, we just talked about. I'm putting an article together how uh, discussing why I believe the both Ball brothers will make their first All Star game this year. So be on the lookout for that. By the way, peeps. Very um, nice. Yeah, that would be hard, man. I mean, the Bulls would have three All Stars. Yeah, well, you know, they have they have a giant fan base and they're playing well. So that's how you get All Stars. All right, let's kind of go to this real quick because we were talking about happy, happy joy. And I guess we're in our next two topics are going to be a little somber. Um, and I'll first start with, we've been talking about the Cavs and just how nice it's been to see their young group come together and play really well. Um, and we talked, I talked about this a couple weeks ago about how I kind of felt like it was time for them to move on from Colin Sexton. Obviously, this is restricted free agent season. Um, they turned down the opportunity to give him a hundred mil, um, in, in a max. And he has this meniscus tear, which at first kind of sounds like it's not as serious, but it comes out yesterday. He's out for the year. Um, so this obviously sucks considering they're down Evan Mobley and Jared Allen's been out because he's been sick, not COVID related, thankfully. Um, but I think we're about to see the normal calves come back and I'm kind of bummed out to be honest with you because I was really enjoying what they were doing. Obviously we've talked about mobile all year, um, but Darius Garland has been really good too. So this kind of stinks. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. The, uh, the Cavs have had a, had a great season so far. Um, surprisingly good. I, I would have never, this is one of the teams that I, I dumped on at the beginning of the season. Also did some dumping on Darius Garland. So, and he's been really, really good so far. Um, Sexton being out, um, I don't, I don't know where this leaves him. You know, next year, I don't know. This is a, it's a weird time for him to get hurt. Um, Probably the worst time. It's, it's the worst time, probably from a contract standpoint. Um, a lot of uncertainty with that guy now uh, going out for the rest of the year. So, bad, bad move. Yeah. And then. We're going to end it here because I think we're at this point now. And this is kind of going into the Ben Simmons thing. This is going into the Rockets thing as well. So as we know, the Houston Rockets have now lost 14 straight games. They're 1-15. in And we obviously know they don't want to win. We know the idea here is this. But the fact that they are holding John Wall completely hostage is utter bullshit. And look... They traded for that deal when they traded Russell Westbrook. They had to be well aware that there wasn't going to be many people who could trade for that contract. And they still did it anyway in case of, like they flipped us around. Um, they knew James Harden didn't want to be there when they traded for him. And, you know, they were bringing in Boogie, hoping they were going to get something from him. And they had him for, like, what, 12 games before they decided he wasn't going to work there. And now they're just saying that, like, we're not going to play John Wall until we, get a, until we find a match for a trade. And he's still letting him practice with the team. He's still traveling with them. And I have no problem with the fact that Jalen Green's getting a lot of minutes and learning an NBA bat- an NBA offense. But, like, this whole thing is just an unbelievable, stupid thing to do. And the Ben Simmons thing's dumb, too, because they're, like, trying to say we're not going to trade him. It's like, well, you, you almost did last year. I mean, you were pretty damn close. Everyone's well aware you were. Um, and so now you're all of a sudden, like, when you had value for him, you held on. And now you're paying the consequences for this. Both guys, both parties are at fault there. Um, but my point is that, you know, this John Wall thing, you guys say you're not going to buy him out, but you're also not going to trade him because you're not going to find anyone to trade with you for him. So you've backed yourself into a really stupid corner. And whatever the Fertitta people have done since they bought this franchise have completely ruined it. And you should be embarrassed. Well, Tim, I. <laughs> John Wall has an enormous contract. 
I'm aware. Which is a, not the problem a huge here. thing. And like you said, they know. I know. I know. I know. He is owed this season. He is owed uh, $44 million. Uh, next year, he has a player option for $7 million. Um, I don't see him giving up that kind of cash. What kind of, what would a buyout look like? What would a buyout look like to get him off the team? I don't know, but I know John Wall likes money, so he's probably going to pick up that player option. So That's, he, he has to, he has yeah, to just, think about that. He, he literally <laughs> could pick up the player option and just sit the bench. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't even have to, he doesn't have to do anything. Um, you know, we might, I'll be honest with you, I don't know how this one's going to end. Um, he might just sit out for two years and and just collect cash, you know? And I don't blame him, you know? That's fine. I wish someone would pay me $48 million next year to do nothing. That's cool. Um, <laughs> or just sit on a bench. That's fine, too, you know? You get to travel to some nice hotels and, you know, hang out with some teammates and do whatever. But it's... Uh, I, I don't know how you get yourself out of that situation. The uh, the Houston Rockets are a mess. They're a, a big old mess. Uh, Jalen Green, um, they got a they got a nice piece with him. They've got Christian Shingu's Wood. Good. Yep, yep. And uh, you know you can do stuff, but they've won what one game this season? Yeah, literally, they are one they're, and yeah, they're one and fifteen. They've yeah, lost their last they're gonna fourteen. Be, they're they're going to be six and. 75 six and 76 about this rate. I think I mean, I'm just if, done with if the they could, uh, well, I think the NBA is done with all tanking. I mean, it's not even when you're, when you're one in 15, I mean, it's, it's completely evident what you're doing. Yeah. Like I, there's never been a team that I've rooted for that deliberately went out and tanked that hard. Um, I've never, uh, it's just it's just terrible. You see Sacramento doing that quite often. They're one of those teams that's that's tanking usually pretty hard. Um, but this is this is really really bad. And the, the Rockets have good fans, man. They and, do. You know they've got two. They had two really nice titles under their belts. The James Harden years they were still very relevant. Um, they had that 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 run with with CP3 and James Harden. I mean they. They've had some fun recent seasons, um, and it's just I think it's just kind of unfair to the fans. And uh, you know, John Wall, he's going to pick up this thing. On top of that, I think John Wall can still play basketball, man. Oh like, yeah, there's not a oh yeah, there's 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 a, there's definitely some teams that could use John Wall. Philadelphia is one of them. I think he would be fun as hell in Philly, but they're not going to trade anything for him, you know. And I don't blame them. So it's it's I don't I don't know what the answer is in Houston. So uh, just put I just want to put this in perspective because I'm wondering if, if does John Wall really need the money or do, at, at what point do you want to be somewhere where you can win? So he's already made $278 million off of NBA contracts. And that's, yeah. I don't think that's even counting this year. I, I think that'll be, at the end of this year, he'll be over three hundred million. How much more money do you need? Depends how much money he spent. Yeah, <laughs> he seems like a pretty intelligent guy when it comes he to does. His money. Yeah, um, you can still play. Like, how? What do you do to get out of that situation? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he's probably had the discussion of a buyout, but they told him they were going to buy him out. And it's like, and I understand they don't want to pay that money then, but if you don't want to pay that money, why'd you trade for him? You can't put on the big mama suit like James Harden did because right. they're like, we don't care. You can sit on the bench. Um, you can't fake hurt because they already knew you were hurt. Yeah. They're not letting you play. Like, I don't know if something, if there's, is there something that they can put into like the, um, like the agreements, like when they, when they sit down and, and, and do all this stuff, when it comes to like, 
I don't know. It just seems like something that shouldn't be allowed to be done. Like we're going to hold you hostage no matter what. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I just, I don't, it doesn't sit right with me. Like even if, if it was my team, they were doing it to somebody I wouldn't want. Like, you know, the Lakers did that with Luol Dang, which he was nowhere near the talent level John Wall is now. But like you sign these contracts, you know what you're doing. And I understand sometimes they just don't work out. But this isn't like a Chandler Parsons situation by any means. Well, here's the thing. If John Wall takes a buyout and he's he's owed next year, if he takes a player option, he's going to make $47 million. We're not even halfway through the season this year. So he's got, what, probably another 22 on the books for the, the rest of this season. So think about that. That's, you know... 60 almost 70 million what do you take as a buyout which is acceptable to you if you were john wall do you take 30 million are they willing to pay that do you take 20 million are they willing to pay that it just kind of depends what they're willing to do i mean that's it's still a lot of money to leave it's a lot of money but you're gonna be leaving a lot of money on the table too and i just i don't know if you know if he would do that i mean that's it's just it's it's a lot when yeah. do when do they vote on the cba is it I think every we still got a couple of years? Is it every how many years? Yeah, I think the last one they just kind of hit came in agreement. It was last year, right? Ago. Yeah, yeah. So I think we got a bit. But they do have the government board meetings, the, the GM meetings every year, too. Well, Mm-mm-mm. I don't know if that, that helps in this situation at all. So no, it doesn't. <laughs> Just a nightmare. Yeah. And like if a, I were a Rockets fan, I'd be pissed off. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So but I guess that's neither here nor there because what do we know? Um but we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this week's edition of the Bench Mob, but it's about 48 minutes basketball network. Um hopefully you all have a wonderful, excellent, safe Thanksgiving with your loved ones and get to enjoy yourselves. I unfortunately have to go watch a bunch of old men from the YMCA play an NBA game on Wednesday. They're called the Los Angeles Lakers. Um <laughs> So there's that. Uh, But thank you all for tuning in. Hopefully you had a good time. Have a great night. Happy Thanksgiving. And we'll see you next week.